Uh, Acts chapter number 3, we've been going through the book of Acts on Sunday morning, but I just want to give you the best thought as I can here. In Acts chapter number 3, he has preached, Uh, 3,000 souls were saved and added to the church. Now it comes to the time, it's a little bit later here, but Peter and John are together and they make their way to the temple. So we're going to talk about the lame man, if you will, um, the lame man being healed. In Acts chapter number 3, we'll read verse number 1 through verse number 11. So because of that, we won't stand because we are reading a pretty good bit of Scripture here. And (coughs) let's begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and the certain and a certain lame man, a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with with John, said, Look. On us, and he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, "Silver and gold have I none, but such as I give thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk." And he shook by him the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And what an amazing thing that God did on that day to take that man who was lame, to take the man who was born that way and and gave his feet and ankles strength. (coughs) And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat at alms by the, at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And, and as the lame man which was healed had held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch, that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. Let's pray. Lord, we've come to you. We've prayed this morning, but Lord, I also want to pray right now that you would Help me to be able to preach the Word of God this morning. I, I, I feel my throat is, is acting uh, dry. I pray that you would help uh, keep it from being that way. I pray that, that uh, you'd help me to be able to preach what you have me to preach this morning about the late man. And I thank you for the, the blessings you have given to us. Thank you for answered prayer. Lord, I pray that you'd help me this morning. Help me to be able to preach the Word as you want me to. I pray. And thank you for the scripture this morning. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we look at this text in verse number one, the Bible says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer. So as we look at this story, they they were headed to the temple to pray. It was prayer meeting time. And uh, John and Peter were going to go to the temple to pray together. 
Uh, you say, well, what is that importance to? These men were headed to prayer meeting. I believe, from what I understand, the ninth hour is about 3 o'clock in the afternoon or something to that effect. But here they are in the afternoon headed to prayer meeting. We need to pray, and we need to pray together. We need to pray collectively. Prayer meeting on Wednesday night is an important time so that we can gather together and pray. Pray for our church and pray for folks that are sick and pray for our community to get saved and things to that nature. But praying as a unit, praying individually is important. But praying as a family, praying as a church outweighs that. It is very important that we pray together as a family. You know, if you have... (coughs) I've heard a statement said, a family that prays together stays together. I want our church to stay together. I want our church to be uh, the power of God on it. How are we going to do that? We're going to have to pray together. Pray together. Spend time praying together with each other. Peter and John were headed to the temple to pray. Let's look, number one, if you will, at the lame man. Verse number two, the Bible says, And there was a certain lame man from his mother's womb. This young man had been lame his whole life. He was born that way. Uh, you know, when, when the, think about when the baby was born. Think about as a young man was lifted up, and that, this is your son, his, his feet were lame. His feet could not walk. His feet could not bear the weight of the young man as he laid there. Maybe he began to learn how to crawl, and he just would pull with his arms. Uh, think about the time that he was just a little bitty baby who had to be carried everywhere because he couldn't walk. Think about it as you grew and became a young man, a 13, a 14-year-old man, a young man as all the other kids would be out there playing baseball and, and football. And uh, there he sat on the sidelines having to watch them because he was a lame man. Uh, he couldn't move his feet. He, he was uh, 18 and 19 years old as he got to get out of school and, and begin to get a job. There he stood, uh, not being able to stand, not being able to get a job like the other guys could. He was lame. And so every day the Bible says in verse number two (coughs) that daily they would bring this lame man to the temple. Daily they would bring this lame man to the gate. Though the one source of income he had was to beg for money. You know, and sometimes you look at these people that are homeless or people that are on the side begging for money. And sometimes we might, ah, man, look at these guys. Ah, ah, What are they out here doing? Look. Uh, we might get frustrated at the man that always asks us for money at the same stoplight that we stop at. But can you imagine this young man who was unable to work and unable to walk and <coughs> unable to move his feet, unable to go anywhere because he was lame. He couldn't go anywhere. So the only thing that he, the only source that he had was to, was to get alms, was to beg for money at the gate. He went to the temple because he knew that people frequented there. He went to the, the gate because he knew that hundreds of people walked by. I don't know if how long this had been going on. I don't know how long uh, daily they'd been bringing him. <coughs> was he there when Jesus walked by when he healed blind Bartimaeus? Was he there when, when Jesus walked by with his 12 disciples? Was he there when, when Judas threw some money being the money carrier threw some money into his bucket as Jesus walked by. I don't know if he was there, but there he sat that day begging for money, begging, somebody give me some money so I can buy my meal. (coughs) As people would pass by the gate, there the lame man would be 
laying there begging for money. Verse number three, as interesting scripture here, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked, hey, just the next, hey, would you give me some money? His sole desire was so that he could get some money. His sole desire was so that he could just have some money. He wasn't expecting anything more. He wasn't expecting anything less than just somebody to give him some money. You and I know that, that it takes money to pay the bills. It takes money to get food. It wasn't like today that he could have got government assistance and got some food. But he had to go get some money the only way he knew how. And he was to beg because he was lame. Think about how deep it was for him. and Think about the home that he had to live in and the, and the things that he had to do. This man was at the lowest of low of his life. This man was in a pretty rough spot to have to beg for money. But then came Peter and John. And, verse, and number two, if you will, the, the change that took place with this man. Look in verse number four. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him. I can just see it in my mind. I see a, a broken man, a, a man maybe with at least a bit of clothes on, or maybe the, the, a weak man, a, a small, shriveled guy that, that had no strength, uh, that wasn't very big, and his legs were crippled his, as he laid there on the side of the road. Peter looked at him and seen him. <coughs> the Bible says, and John saw him. And John said, look. Hey, lame man, come here, look at me. Look, look at me. Lame man kind of got excited. Maybe he was going to give him some money. And the Bible says, and he gave heed unto him. He was listening to what Peter said. He was listening to what John said. I don't know if the lame man thought in his mind, maybe, hey, these guys are going to hook me up, man. They're going to give me some money. But he listened, and he looked at Peter and John, expecting to receive something. In verse number 5 it says, he was hoping to get something. But what he got wasn't what he was looking for. What he received was not <coughs> even what he anticipated. Because in verse number 6, Peter says, he says, Silver and gold have I none. How many times have we walked past someone begging for money? And we're, eh, I don't have any. I don't have any change. I don't have any cash. I can't help you. But there he said, Peter says, no, no, no. I don't have silver. And I don't have gold. But. But. Are you listening? Hey, guys. Can I get some money? Hey, guys. Would you, would you lend me some money? Look at me. Look at me, lame man. Look at me. Oh, buddy, I'm going to get some money. No, I don't have any money, but I do have something better. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Why did Peter say Jesus Christ of Nazareth? Why did Peter not just say, in the name of the Lord, stand up and walk? <coughs> Why didn't Peter, the reason Peter said it, the reason 
Peter made sure to emphasize Jesus of Nazareth was because he wanted to point to the man who died on the cross. He wanted to point to the man that they had crucified. He wanted to point to the man that, that was responsible for paying for our sins. He said, rise up and walk. And in verse, and the next verse, it says, I love it. And leaping up and stood. Peter reached down his hand and he picked him up. And he leaped and he jumped up. Man, your first reaction as a lame man is to jump. Boy, that's pretty confident in what the Lord had done for you. Yeah, right. Woo! Look, he was listening. <coughs> this lame man was listening. This lame man, he leaped. Mm. God gave him strength in his ankles and his bones. And his feet, the change began to happen to him. And then in verse number seven, uh, verse number eight, and he leaping up stood and walked and entered into the temple, walking and leaping and, what does it say? Praising, Praising who? Praising Peter and John. Praising Peter and John because they helped him. Praising God. Look, when God's done something for you, you need to praise Him. We need to be thankful for what He's done. We need to be thankful that He saved us. We need to be thankful that He, that he kept us. <coughs> that He does keep us. Hey, uh, there was a day in my, in my life, I was lost. Uh, I was lame. Uh, and He came to me and He picked me up. And He gave me strength in my ankles. Gave me feet, strength in my feet. And allowed me to walk. If you are born again this morning, Christ has done the same for you. He's caused you not to be lame. He's, caught, he's healed you of your sickness and has set your feet on the solid foundation. Jesus can do the same for you and heal your inability to save yourself. Do you realize, and you, I know you know this, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but you can't save yourself. Do you know that? You cannot save yourself. And neither can Brother Trenton. I can't save you. This church can't save you. The baptismal waters can't save you. Nothing can save you but Jesus Christ. So when that lame man uh, saw what Jesus had done, he began to praise God for what he's done. Everybody in this room, I would say, if you're born again this morning, you've seen Blessings from God. Yes? Shake your head. Yes? You've been saved. And you've seen some tough experiences in your life. Tragedies. But whether you've had good or bad, we need to find the time and the place to praise God. For the good. This young man, he could have sat and soaked and soured over him being lame for his whole life. Well, why didn't you heal me when I was a, a boy? Why didn't you heal me when I was when I just started off like this? Why'd you wait so long to heal me? 
But he didn't. That's not the attitude he had. He got up and he began to run and leaping and walking and he began to praise God because he'd been healed. See, God has healed us. We need to praise God for healing us of our sin. (coughs) God has saved me. He's washed me in the blood of Jesus. And so I need to praise God for that. I have blessings in my life. I need to praise the Lord for that. I've answered prayers. I need to praise God for that. Because the good outweighs the bad. This lame man had been lame his whole life. Peter, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he leaping up stood and began to walk and praise the Lord. The change that took place He began to praise God. He began to leap. He began to listen. And then he went into the temple with Peter and John. Why did he go into the temple? Because they were headed into prayer meeting. And he wanted to go with them. Because he could. If Christ has saved you, there needs to be a change. There needs to be something different about you that Christ has done. If you're saved this morning, I'm not the same man I used to be. Number one, we see the lame man. Number two, we see the change. But number three, and I'm done, is the multitude. What about this multitude? Look in verse number nine. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew it was he which sat at alms. They knew that it was that little bitty lame man who sat there and begged for money. They knew it. They seen him. They seen him laying. They, they seen him begging for money. <coughs> they knew who it was. But watch what the Bible says about these, this multitude. Verse number nine. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which happened unto him. Why were they filled with wonder? Why were they filled with amazement? I'm trying my best to preach to you this morning. I'm, I do apologize. My throat is really bothering me. But as we look at this, why? Why would they wonder? Why are they in such amazement at what God had done? Because they had just, they had just walked by Him. They were already in the temple worshiping God and praying. And all of a sudden, if you think about that for just a moment... A lame man is sitting out in front of our church. And we all walked by him this morning and threw some, maybe threw him a couple pennies as we walked in. And we're sitting here having church. And all of a sudden, you knew he was lame. You'd seen him years and years sit outside the church. And all of a sudden, he busts in the back door. And he begins to leap. And he begins to walk up and down the aisle. We're looking at this guy. What is this guy doing? The Bible says they were amazed. And what God had done, look, look, look what God's done. I'm going to tell you, every person in this room, if you're saved, look, you ought to be that, of that, 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 line, that lame man. Hey, look at what God's done. Look how God saved this man. Look at what God's doing in this life. Look at how God is providing for them. <coughs> they were filled with amazement and wonder at what God had done. Mm. Wow. You know what we need to do? We need to be filled with wonder and amazement at what God has done. You ever seen, ever had God answer a prayer? 
Yes or no? Yeah. Is it by pure coincidence that it happened? No. But why is it? Well, it's not that big of a deal. We ought to sit in wonder and amazement at how God answered our prayer. Wow. He answered my prayer? Why? Why would God answer my prayer? Why would he see fit to do that for me? Oh, wretched man that I am. I'm a sinner. Saved by grace, thank God. But why would he answer my prayer? Look at the wonder and the amazement. Have you ever seen something in your life that has taken your breath away because of the beauty that you've seen? Wow. Look at that. And then you want everybody else to see what you've seen. Why is it not like that in our Christian life? Come here. Come here. Come, come look what God's done for me. Look at how God took a man who was headed to hell and saved me. Look at what God, look at these answered prayers. Look at this. Look. Because when we see something, we want people to see it. Why is it that we can't say, come on. Come look. And that next verse, verse number 11, they all gathered around Peter and they followed him to Solomon's temple because they wanted to know more about what had taken place. I'm going to be done. Well, I want to ask you before I close, are you in wonder and amazement at what God's done? Nah, it's no big deal. It ain't no thing. Is it? Should we set in wonder and amazement at what God's done? I think we should. Why would God save me? The Bible says, in me dwelleth no good thing. I don't deserve his love. I don't deserve his goodness. I don't deserve salvation. And God saved me. Do I? Ask yourself this question. Look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself this question. Do I set in wonder and amazement at what God has done? And do I live the life of a changed man like the lame man because Jesus has saved me? Because we ought to be different than the man that we used to be before God saved us. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. <coughs> Thank you for this morning. I pray that you've used me in spite of me. Lord, I, I don't know what's going on with my throat, but Lord, I just pray that, that you'd help with that. I pray for all those that are here this morning.